Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Can you imagine what it was like that night when those shepherds look up and the whole sky lit up with the glory of God? I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. What, what would I have done? How would I have reacted? And I believe they were, they were shepherds, particular shepherds. They weren't just any shepherds. Those were the shepherds in the part of the, the field in the region where they knew that the Passover lambs were born. And so there was a very divine design in where it was announced. But even the announcement. You know, I've always had a dream of being in Israel at Christmas. Now, I know it probably wasn't during December that Jesus was born. I think it was more in the spring of the year. But for me, I've always celebrated Christmas in December, and so it's on your mind. It's, and so I'm just telling you, I said, Danny, is there any way we can go to Israel? Take whoever would like to go, but not have to fight millions. And so he said, the week that is the best to go is the week after, e- after, after Easter, after Thanksgiving. And if you've ever had a desire to go to Israel, I'd love for you to go the week after Thanksgiving in 2023. And we're going to stand in those shepherd's fields. And we're going to let our mind wander. And let our mind create that moment that those shepherds had and see just try to understand it you know if you've ever read any J.R. Tolkien you like Lord of the Rings anybody here saw read Lord of the Rings J.R. Tolkien an incredible writer before he wrote Lord of the Rings he coined a word because he said the English language did not have a word that would describe what he wanted to describe being an incredible literary genius here was the word, eucatastrophe. It's the word catastrophe and put the prefix EU, which is not European Union, to make sure you know that. It's the word good in Greek. So it means a good catastrophe. And he says that's what describes a moment when there is a sudden turn of good. And he said it comes at the darkest moments. It comes at the most difficult times when you have nothing left, when all is lost. Then there's a sudden glimpse of goodness and truth. That word would describe that night for those shepherds. And my prayer describes your Christmas this year. Because these are difficult days. And for many, it's going to be a hard season. It's going to be a time that's tough. But somehow, some way, I pray there will be that eucatastrophe that happens. And you get a glimpse of the glory of God, and all of a sudden, it turns what could be a very difficult and dark time into the most incredible, glorious time. The word that's repeated over and over in the Scripture, and twice even in the verses we're reading, 
is the word glory. What does it mean? And I want you to open your Bible. I'm going to read with you. We're going to say it aloud like we've been doing. In chapter 2 of Luke, starting in verse 8 through 14, notice the word glory. It, it appears twice. Notice how it's used. So in honor of the reading of this text, would you stand with me? And let's say it together. I'll be reading, of course, from the ESV, starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, and say it with me, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. So do you see it? Twice. And once it meant the glory of God shining all around. And then once it meant give glory to God. So I want you to think this way this morning. Because glory, it's, it's a big word. We use it all the time. In fact, I've heard people say, glory to God, glory to God. I want to go, do you know what you meant? You know what you just said? It's almost like an amen. It's almost like a, a grunt after something. You know, we're not even sure what we said. It just sounds rich. It sounds spiritual. Glory to God. What does it mean? Two things. There is glory from God. And then there is glory to God. And it's so important to understand because this is the season we get to experience that. So let's start with glory from God. This night, the scripture says that the glory of the Lord shone all around. The word glory in the Greek is doxa. Okay, doxology. You know what a doxology is? It's a word of glory. It's literally what the word means. The Hebrew is a word, kabod, which literally means heavy. And here's how it became associated with heavy. If you look at the etymology of that word, I like the word etymology. It's like something you ate. I, etymology, etymology. It's a word that was associated with heaviness. When a king was heavy, when the queen, physically, I'm talking about physically, was heavy, that was glorious. You know why? Because they were rich. They were rich and they had all the food they could eat. And they didn't have to work all day. And so there was this weird association with heaviness. And it became a word that meant heavy. In fact, some people think it was the heaviness of the glory of God that night that caused the shepherds to fall. Literally the weight of his glory. So Guys, just a thought. I probably would never look at your wife and say, honey, you look glorious tonight. Just, just a thought. She might have heard this. So if this word 
kind of talks about heaviness. What's the definition of it? Let me give you the definition. This is a working definition. The glory of God is the manifest beauty of his infinite greatness and worth. All right, I'm going to say it again. Glory of God is the manifest beauty of his infinite greatness and worth. What, that's a big phrase that just means this. Manifest is the key word. It's when we can see how awesome God is. It's when we can see his greatness, his, his incredible beauty and love manifest. There are moments where God's glory shines through. So let's talk about the glory of God. Did you look at the stars last night? Could you see any stars? Some of you saw them before the rain came. Did you see the glory of God? Yeah, you did. You just probably didn't recognize it. Did you get to hold a baby this morning? You saw the glory of God. Did you get to say hello to somebody? You saw the glory of God. Did you get, did you get to drive on I-4? Probably didn't see the glory of God. <laughs> but the point is, the glory of God is any glimpse of how good God is. His greatness. And so there are these moments. The Old Testament says the heavens declare the glory of God. What does that mean? When you look at that star up there, you're seeing a little bit of the glory of God. When you watch a sunrise, you see the glory of God. Man, the sunrise is here, incredible. But so many times we don't even think about that. Well, think about it. Because that's God. That's glory from God, him allowing you to see this spectacular. And by the way, one day in heaven, we will see stuff beyond this world that reflects his glory. But creation reflects it. Also, miracles reflect it. The Old Testament says his marvelous works declare glory among the nations. Anybody ever had God answer a prayer? Raise your hand. You saw his glory. Anybody experience a miracle in this room? Raise your hand. You saw his glory. Guy walked in this morning. He walks up to me and he goes, hey, you want to hear about a miracle? I always want to hear about a miracle. He said, look at my knee. I looked at his knee. It looked normal. He said, I had surgery 12 days ago and I'm up and walking. I said, you know what? Thank you for seeing that. You just, we don't realize how many times God's glory is around us. But we miss it because we, we don't understand what is this idea of glory. Well, it's every good work that God has done. You know what else glory is? It's Him. It's Him. Let me, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is Exodus 33 when Moses is at Mount Sinai and he's had enough of Mount Sinai and the people. He's ready to get on to the promised land. And they're about ready to go. And he says this to God. He said, God, if you're not going with us, I'm not going. And then he asked Show me your glory. You remember that? Show me your glory. You know what God did? He said, okay. And God took him and put him in a cave. We call it the cleft of the rock. That's how songs portray it. But it was like a cave. He put him in a cave and he covered him 
And then the Bible says, the glory walked by. Literally, the word glory was defining God. And literally, God walked by and then removed his covering from Moses so he could see the back parts because no man can see God and live. I just think his glory is his presence. So when we pray, and that's a wonderful prayer, show me your glory, it just means, God, I want to see you. I want to see that miracle. I mean, how many times on a Sunday when we get up, getting ready for church, we pray, God, show me your glory today. It'd be an awesome prayer. Because it might be God shows you on the way. I mean, you see things that go, oh, my goodness, God, thank you. And you know, in the Old Testament, it's also light. So many times light is a picture of God's glory. That night, the, the sky was lit up. I mean, it was unbelievable, the light. When Paul or Saul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus appeared to him and literally knocked him off the horse, how did Paul or Saul describe Jesus? You remember what he said? A light, a bright light. Have you ever read the account of someone that had a near-death experience? They said they died and, 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 you know, they got to go to heaven and see Jesus. Everyone I've ever read or asked, I always want to know, what did you see? And consistently, they just said, I just saw a light. I just saw a light. You see, I think now we can't see him. We can only see his glory. And sometimes that glory is depicted like a light. Now, it's not the Hollywood version when you die, follow the light. No. You're not going up an escalator with two guys. Okay? That's the mall. That's not heaven. <laughs> glory is him shining through. When Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain with him, and they saw him, what the Bible calls transfigured. It's just a big word that means he changed. And do you remember how it was described? Mark's gospel actually says they saw him and his Rainment was so white, and Mark says, whiter than any bleach could bleach it. So in other words, not even Clorox could get that. It was a moment of light. Where was that from? The glory of the Father shining through the sun. It's light. And I just think sometimes we miss when God may be showing us something. But I want you to know something that the greatest revelation of glory, the greatest glimpse of glory that you will ever get, far greater than a sunrise or a sunset or the stars or a miracle or, or light, is the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the glory of God given to us. Listen to what Hebrews says. This is the writer of Hebrews, first chapter, verse 1, long ago. At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. Then verse 3 is just a killer verse. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of of his power. 
So that description means Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. You've seen Jesus, you have seen the glory of God. It is, remember, definition, manifest, infinite worth, and goodness of God. You cannot possibly see a better picture of God than in the person of Jesus Christ. And guess what? When you believe in Jesus, the Bible says he walks in your life. So what does that mean? Glory just came in. Glory just came in, and that's why Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory. I, my favorite verse, when you look at the Old Testament, you see God appearing in the light, appearing in the thunder, appearing in the earthquake, appearing in fire, appearing in all of these things that were glimpses of his glory, but there was a distance. But when Jesus came, it was like God saying, here is my glory. And he came near to us. And that's why my favorite verse, my favorite Christmas verse, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his what? Glory. Glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In other words, Jesus, the moment Jesus walks in your life, all of a sudden you see glory, you experience glory, and the distance between God and you is closed. And many of you are on this stream or you're in this room and you've never taken that step of faith. Number one, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're on the stream. I'm glad you're watching this. But I want to invite you to think about it. Because if you ever wondered about God, if you ever wondered, how can I know him? Here's how you can know him. Follow Jesus. And you will see the glory of God. Now, that's the aspect of glory of God. Now, you hear Scripture say there's places where you give glory to God, right? It happened in this text. When the angel finished speaking and all of a sudden there was a sky filled with angels, they were saying what? Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. How do we do that? This is our part. How do we give glory to God? Is it we're giving him something he didn't have? Nope. Can I just tell you, you'll never give something to God he doesn't have because he doesn't need anything. But what you will give him is what you have already been given by him, and that is his glory, and now you give it back. You are a reflection of the glory of God. In other words, you and I have the opportunity to give glory to God every time we declare his worth, every time we sing about his worth, every time we do anything. Remember, Paul said we were created for good works. Jesus said, and by those good works, the world will see them, and they will what? Glorify you? No. Glorify my Father in heaven. You know why we do a Christmas festival? Is it just to help people have fun? Yeah. But it's bigger than that. It's to help people see the glory of God. In a night they can have fun. In a night where toys are given. Did you see the pile of toys? Oh, my goodness. So what are people supposed to think? They give glory to First Orlando? No. We do everything in for Orlando for one reason, 
so they will see these good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. All the glory belongs to him. So we give glory by doing things that draw people's attention to him. And in that night in the shepherds, you'll see it. First of all, humility. Why do I say humility? Because you can never take glory from God. Never take glory from him. You say, what do you mean by that? Never take glory. Never get in the way of his glory. If all Central Florida knows about our God is simply you or simply me, they've missed God. The goal is never to point people to us. The goal is to point people to him. And so there's a warning in Scripture. You don't take glory from God. In fact, let me say this verse, Psalm 3. This has always been an intriguing verse to me. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. I like that one. My glory and the lifter of my head. Now that's David in one of his prayers. You, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory. So how is God your glory? You ever thought about that? God is your glory when he is what means the most to you. And when you realize everything you have that's good, everything that you have that's noble, everything that you have that's of value, guess where it came from? It came from him. So you can say, God, you are my glory. You are what makes me who I am. You're what makes me good. You're what makes me able. You're what makes me everything. Literally, it is to give him all the glory and not give it to you. And David said, I want to pray that. Piper once said that God's glory is the goal of all things. Everything, everything, creation, but especially us. Remember when Jesus healed the ten lepers? And how many of them came back to say thank you? You remember? One. And when that leper came back to say thank you, this is what Jesus said. It's really interesting. He said, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And the word for praise, was no one found to return and give praise, it's the word doxa. So you could say, return and give glory. If you bow your head anytime this week and say thank you for something God has done, you've just given him glory. If you, before a meal, thank God for the food that he's provided, You've just given him glory. You see, we give God glory when we humble ourselves and realize we didn't do it, he did it. We didn't do all this on our own. It all belongs to him. Amen? So we give him glory just by humbling ourselves. And worship, the angels worship that night. I don't think there's a greater response. There's not a better way to give God glory than praising him and giving him our attention. See, I, I think we confuse worship with a service. You say, I'm going to the worship service. Well, there is a service, and we define it often as worship. But for those of you that have never been to church or never been to church much, worship is not just a song. Worship is when you ascribe worth to someone, right? So for me, worship happens when I see that sunrise. And I say, God, you made an amazing sunrise. I'm giving him glory. 
I'm worshiping Him. It's when I see something happen. It's when I look up, I see the stars. It's when anything in my life causes me to think about Him, I will take that and use it as an opportunity to worship. Worship is not a song, it's a lifestyle. And we ought to live every day aware of what's happening around us so we can give Him glory every day. And remember, giving Him glory is just reflecting and affirming what you know He is. He's a good God, and He's blessed us. And he's been good to us. So our natural response when we experience his glory or we see something is we just give it back to him and we say, Lord, I want to praise you. You know, when Paul said, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. How do you eat for the glory of God? You take a bite and you say, man, that was good. Thank you, God. How do you drink for the glory of God? Man, you take a drink and you go, well, if it's the right drink, let me make, let's, <laughs> let's give some qualifications here, okay? Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Rachel, her dad, used to have her make her bed up every day. And this is what he'd say. He'd say, Rachel, make your bed up and remember you're doing it for the glory of God. How do you make a bed up to the glory of God? You're doing it to say thank you that I had a bed I slept in last night. So glory to God just means we give him, we worship him, we tell him he's the most important thing in our life, and then we tell somebody about him. I mean, that's the greatest way to glorify him. If, if, if glory means infinite worth, manifest beauty of his infinite worth, wouldn't it be something you go and tell somebody? I don't know what lights your fire. I don't know what it is you love to do if you're a golfer. If you went out and played yesterday and you made two hole-in-ones, I got a feeling you told somebody. I got a feeling you took a picture. You did something, right? I, for me, I go out, I catch a 12-pound bass. I'm taking a picture of that. I'll probably show you all one Sunday here, right? You don't hide something that's of value to you. Again, glory is about worth. Glory is about his in incredible worth and value so wouldn't it be natural we tell people about him wouldn't it be natural that we are able to say man i just want you to know this god and so for some of you that maybe have never come to that point i, I hope you understand the reason we sing is because it's our way of thanking him it's our way of giving back glory the, the reason we do what we do is because he's changed our life and we want the world to know I mean can you imagine the shepherds that night when when they heard the story and then they went to see him don't you know they were ready to go back and tell everybody because I can tell you how to glorify God best it's when you value him and you treasure him and you let your world know he is my king that brings him glory so imagine if you were there that night how would it have been for you when you see this light and then you hear the angels sing or say there's a debate did they sing it or say it doesn't matter hey every time we sing aren't we saying something they sang glory to God in the highest. So imagine what would you have done? One of my favorite series is called The Chosen. 
It's an incredible depiction of the life of Jesus and the story of Jesus. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, take a look at it. It's a great way to help introduce Jesus to yourself or someone that's really struggling with, hey, I want to know more about Jesus. We called them and got permission to show a clip from the first episode, which I think is the best. It's unbelievable. And I want to show you this clip. The shepherds are running to see him. One of them is, is a cripple shepherd. And his story is told in the episode. We don't have time to show the whole thing, but it's a great story. But they're running to see. And I want you to watch what happens when they see him. And this shepherd holds him. And listen to what the shepherds say. In fact, I'll just tell you what they say. We got to tell somebody. We got to let the world know Jesus has come. Watch this. He's on. He's on. He's on. 
Yes, you're on. Oh, it's okay. What will you name him? Jesus. We will name him Jesus. I must go. People must know. People must know. People must know. Every time. Thank you for clapping so I can get my composure back. Every time I see that, it just brings me to tears. What would I do? They went and told the world. Why won't we? Why shouldn't we? He is our glory. He is what makes life worth living. And so today, I just, I wonder, is there a glory battle going on in you? And what I mean by that, are there other affections that take glory from Him? Are other things that mean more to you than He means to you? That's a glory battle. Because you're giving glory to that, not to Him. I'll be honest, I, we all struggle with pride. And I just for so many times wanted to do something so well that people would go, man, David, what a great job. That was awesome. That's not glory to him. That's glory to me. And inside of us, there are those battles of what we choose to give glory to. But there's only one who has given us glory, and that is our Father in heaven. Paul David Tripp, incredible writer, says this, the Son of Glory came to fight our glory battle so that we would be freed from our glory bondage to any other glory but the glory of God. So this Christmas season, somehow, someway, I pray that it is no question your glory is Him. It's what you delight in most. It's what affirms and literally gives you the greatest joy. There's a song we sing, and I've asked Jarian to come out. Ask him this morning. I said, Jarian, I just feel led for us to do something as we close. And it's that song, Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Well, let's change the words. Let's say, we'll give him all the glory. We'll give him all the glory. And then the second time we go through it, I'll give him all the glory. Will you stand with me? And as we sing this, I want you to realize that glory battle has been fought. He alone deserves all the glory. Let's give it to him now. Let's sing it to him. We give you all the glory. We give
make you personal. Yeah. I get, Sing it. I give Sing it to him. Jesus, the there is no other glory for me. I'll give you all I the glory. Let's give him the glory right now. Let him know. No one like him. So this morning, if you're on this stream or you're in this room and have never put your faith in Christ, and you watch us or you listen and you wonder, you know, man, I, I don't know how to feel that way. You'll never feel that way until you say yes to Jesus. And when that glory comes in you, and you begin to see the evidence of his presence with you every day, you will know a little bit how we feel. We want you to know him. We don't want you to be like us. We want you to follow him, not us. And so if you would just simply call his name and say, Jesus, I need you. And Jesus, I'm following you. He will hear. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And if you would do that, we want to help you with that. In fact, you can reach out to us, send the word, text the word CONNECT to 40777. Just text that word CONNECT. And then we got folks on either side in the welcome, uh, welcome centers. Just stop by. They're, they're there to have a conversation with you and to pray with you about anything that you would like to pray about. But most of all, my prayer is, is that we will leave this place today just like the shepherds left that manger. In verse 20, it says, They returned to the fields glorifying and praising God. So as we leave today, hey, let's give him glory. And Merry Christmas. See you next weekend. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.